enjoyed our inaugural episode. If you missed episode one, make sure to go back and check that out. This week, we will chat with Grand Sage Joe Palazzolo again. Last week, we touched the surface of the history and what that meant for the future. Now let's really dive into the other elements of the history of our fraternity. Joe, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Drew. I heard some good feedback from our first podcast, so I'm hoping that you can keep keep us riding high, Drew. Again, uh, I said this at the beginning of the first episode, but I'm really happy to see the fraternity doing a real podcast, using real podcast software with real podcast editing. I think it's really cool. Uh, I think it's a great feature for our brothers to learn a little bit more about our history. So thanks. Absolutely. This platform gives us the opportunity to engage with our brothers and share some additional information on the fraternity. With that being said, let's dive in. So our first question We've gotten a little bit of insight into Robert George Patterson, who was solely responsible for influencing the members of Tau Phi Delta to change the name of their organization to Sigma Pi Fraternity. What background information can you tell us about who Robert George Patterson was as a man? Uh, Sure, but before I dive into Robert George Patterson, who who I abbreviate as RGP, I just want to note that almost all of what we know about RGP, the Patterson episode, And those early days of the fraternity come from some outstanding historical work conducted by Curtis Shake, who our brothers will remember from their Sigma Pi history as one of the presiding judges during the Nuremberg trials that took place after World War II. Before he was appointed to those trials, though, he served for seven years as a justice on the Indiana Supreme Court, including a few terms as the chief justice of the court. In Justice Shake's later years, He did a lot of work around the fraternity's history, including becoming friendly with a man named Harold E. Gibson from Sigma Pi Society at Illinois College. That friendship struck up as the result of a letter that Shake sent to the society in 1968, seeking to merge them into the fraternity, which, by the way, is an entirely different topic for an entirely different episode. We probably should plan to talk about the, the interactions over the years between the fraternity and the society, specifically on the topic of merging. Anyway, really starting in, in 1970, Gibson and Shake become friendly through research Gibson is conducting around the connection between the fraternity and the society. That research, combined with the firsthand information that Shake learned directly from RGP during his later years, is what forms the mountain of historical information that we have around RGP, our founding, the relationship between these two entities, and and so much more. From there, we have several members of our historical committee, as well as some individuals who are advancing in our Master of Ritual program, and then just a few curious alumni who have been digging into all of this over the last few years, really over the last few decades. So the topic of our founding is as engaging and exciting to read about today as it was a few decades ago and even 100 years ago. Now, onto your question. Uh, Shake tells us that RGP was born at Bellefontaine, Ohio on November 17th, 1885. And I, I just want to stop for a moment and highlight this year because I think it's important in understanding the timeline. Patterson was born in 1885. 
That means when the early members of Tau Phi Delta, our founding fathers, met at Vincennes University in February 1897, Patterson was just a kid. He was just 11 years old. He was just a boy when Tau Phi Delta was becoming a thing at Vincennes. Some folks may consider RGP to be a contemporary of the founding fathers, but even our youngest founder, Roland Roscoe James, was six years older than Patterson. This age difference means that RGP's real involvement with Tau Phi Delta would take place a good decade after the fraternity was founded. Now, I'm sure that our history-focused alumni and the undergraduates know the significance of February 11th, 1907, and how that was the day that Tau Phi Delta changed its name to Sigma Pi. Well, that was achieved through the machinations of RGP behind the scenes when he was around college age, late teens, early 20s. I don't think we're going to get into those machinations in answering this question, but maybe we'll dive into that a little bit later. Prior to that renaming, though, uh, Shake tells us that RGP was born to Robert and Virginia Sharp Patterson, and that the family was a well-known, prominent pioneer family. Remember, when RGP was born in 1885, there were still areas of the Midwest that were unsettled and where people were building new towns and growing small cities. In his own autobiography, RGP tells us that he had some other prominent relatives, including Major Alfred C. Sharp, who was the judge advocate of Puerto Rico. That position is essentially like a military governor. He also writes about other connections that he had to prominent people, including, for example, that his aunt was the cousin of the Ohio State University's president's wife. This comes back into the story in a few minutes, so hang on to that piece of information, Drew. Anyway, Shake tells us that Patterson first heard William Jennings Bryan speak in 1896, which would be when he was 10 years old. In that account, which Shake received from Patterson himself, we learn that RGP is inspired by Brian's words, his oratory skills, and his eloquence. He goes on to create a scrapbook of all the Brian information he can get his hands on. Look, young people today follow someone on social media, right? Well, young people 125 years ago made scrapbooks of news articles. That's what they did. RGP idolizes Brian. He wants to be just like him. By the way, we should maybe have another episode of the podcast that focuses on Brian and his impact in American history. He was the Democratic nominee for president three times in 1896, 1900, and then again in 1908. And while he didn't win any of those elections, he did eventually become Secretary of State under Woodrow Wilson. He's a really interesting guy, especially when it comes to populist politics, which we've been experiencing in the United States and, and Western Europe for the last 10 or 20 years. Just putting that out there as an aside, you can consider that for the future. Um, and, and of course, I know you're riveted to this story, Drew, so I'll get back to it. Patterson sees Brian speak again in 1900, and that continues to build his, this commanding presence that RGP has of the man and really solidifies his desire to walk in Brian's footsteps, including enrolling at Illinois College. Before that, though, RGP benefits from a private school upbringing. He starts at Maplewood Classical School in Kokomo, Indiana, and then moves on to Charlotte Hall, which was a military academy in Maryland. Uh, Charlotte Hall operated for just over 200 years, but closed in the 1970s. Uh, and by 1905, 
He's now ready to talk to colleges. Much like today's students do in their junior and senior years of high school, RGP schedules a trip for himself to Illinois College. He loves it because he finds his way into Beecher Hall, and there's a story about that in our existing Sigma Pi manual. Uh, that's where Sigma Pi Society is located. He begins reciting some of Brian's words from his famous Cross of Gold speech. Can you imagine how transformative of a moment that is for RGP? I mean, these few minutes are stimulating this young man's mind like a young person today may not understand because today's young folks are constantly stimulated by smartphones and nonstop advertising and notifications and everything that comes along with life in the 2020s. Well, if you know the Patterson episode, then you know that the connection I mentioned earlier to the president of Ohio State University comes back here because RGP's parents tell him that he's going to Ohio State. Glad that you enjoyed your trip to Illinois College. You're going to Ohio State. Now, I don't want to dive too deeply into the Patterson episode itself here because we can probably do an entire podcast on that. Uh, I will note, though, that RGP never actually went further than his freshman year in college. He was offered bids to a few different fraternities. He didn't accept any of them. So at this point, in telling you a little bit about RGP's history, we go to the excellent investigative journalism of Dr. Ralph D. Gray, as published in Traces of Indiana and Midwestern History, Volume 1, Number 1, back in spring 1989. Dr. Gray was a professor of history at Indiana University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. You may know the campus as IUPUI. Dr. Gray winds up giving us some insight into what happens in Patterson's life after he was expelled from the fraternity in 1909. And I have to note this too, Drew, Dr. Gray stumbled upon Patterson almost accidentally, just like uh, Harold Gibson did when he was writing about the history between the fraternity and the society. In the 1970s, Dr. Gray was researching an engineer named Elwood Haynes. And in that process, he came across a book that RGP published in 1933 called Gas Buggy. The book was a fictional account of how the discovery of natural gas in Indiana likely led to the creation of the automobile. As it turns out, this was something that Dr. Gray was researching from an academic perspective, and by stumbling upon this book, Dr. Gray was mystified that someone, a fiction author no less, had the same perspective that he did about the automotive industry. So Dr. Gray goes to extraordinary lengths to get a copy of Gas Buggy. Uh, he had to have it loaned to him from the Library of Congress. That's how obscure the book was. And he surmises that RGP essentially structures the book based on real-life experiences of people in the early automotive industry in Kokomo, Indiana. And since this was an area of academic interest for Dr. Gray, he naturally sets out to find the author, this elusive Robert George Patterson. He goes to one of these who's who books, and for our listeners, there is a series of books under the general title of who's who, and you pay for a listing in one of those books. And, and then you and your listing are pretty much part of the cultural history of an area. So Dr. Gray goes to who's who in America, and he finds this brief listing for RGP where it talks about where he went to school, how he had a career as a newspaper editor, an author, and a lecturer, and how he was in New York City. And after reading this listing, Dr. Gray initially thought that RGP was himself a fictitious character. 
then lo and behold, just like the Patterson episode suggests that RGP was not being truthful about the history of Sigma Pi fraternity, in his early research into Patterson, Dr. Gray begins to think that much of his own life story is made up. In fact, earlier I mentioned that RGP attended Maplewood Classical School in Kokomo, Indiana. Well, Dr. Gray went and researched that school, and initially he couldn't even find a record that it existed. Eventually, he did find a record of it existing for a few years, but he could never confirm that RGP was actually a student there. Well, concurrent to this, Dr. Gray writes a brief review of Gas Buggy, and it gets published in the Indiana Magazine of History. Dr. Gray suggests that for the first time in any of his publishing, people actually responded to this review of Gas Buggy, and they helped provide details on what ultimately became his research into RGP. Naturally, one of the letters Dr. Gray received was from Justice Shake, who was willing to share some of the one-on-one material from his conversations with RGP. Dr. Gray began a lengthy series of interactions with Shake, where he learned that the fraternity stayed silent on how it was named. He also learned that Shake, on behalf of the fraternity, had reached an agreement with Patterson in his later years to not release the full story of how he became known as Sigma Pi until after Patterson passed away. So Dr. Gray is committed to finding out more about this Robert George Patterson character, and he's provided a copy of Harold Gibson's address to our convocation in 1972 in French Lake, Indiana. Remember, Harold Gibson is a member of Sigma Pi Society who was doing his own research into the connection between the society and the fraternity. So his address to our convocation in 1972, uh, which is what Dr. Gray has a copy of, We learned that after Patterson was expelled from the fraternity, he changed his name. He changes his name from Robert George Patterson to just Robert Patterson. And in that process, he actually changes the spelling of his last name from two T's to one. RGP went on to write for newspapers all over the country, Delaware, North Dakota, Oklahoma, New York. He became a war correspondent in France during World War I. He served in the U.S. Army in France as well, and then built a career after the war by working in veterans affairs. There was a short time where he published his own magazine called Patterson's Magazine, a journal of greater Americanism. He also served on an official committee in New York City for the mayor. It was the mayor's committee to welcome distinguished guests to New York City. In other words, when a famous or important person visited the city, RGP was one of the people the mayor called on to welcome that person to New York. Gibson also tells us that RGP kept an eye on Sigma Pi fraternity. The Emerald Magazine was on file at the New York Public Library, and RGP would go there to read it and learn about our growth and our events. RGP and Shake remained in sporadic contact into their later years, and they were on friendly terms. In fact, they would meet up for meals when Shake was in town. They met for the last time in spring of 1960. And during that meeting, Shake told RGP that he, Justice Shake, was going to be the featured speaker at Convocation in Williamsburg, Virginia that year, and that his topic was the early history of Sigma Pi. Remember, Justice Shake was initiated in 1903, so he lived through the changing of our name from Tau Phi Delta to Sigma Pi. Justice Shake then invites RGP to share that prime speaking spot with him so he can tell his side of the story from more than 50 years ago. RGP, of course, gets emotional. 
and enthusiastically accepts the opportunity. Gibson records his exact words as, and I quote, God willing, I'll see you in Williamsburg. And in the meantime, I'll be preparing what will be the most important address of my life, end quote. Just before convocation that year, Justice Shake receives a letter from RGP saying that he was injured in a severe street accident. And he adds, and I quote, the sand in the upper bulb is running low, end quote. And because of these issues, RGP cannot make it to convocation in Williamsburg. The next that Shake heard about RGP was that he passed away in a veterans hospital in New York on October 20th, 1965. He was buried in Long Island. And that's it, Drew. That's what we know of Robert George Patterson, or at least what we think we know and what we can fit into a podcast episode. Joe, that is all so incredibly interesting. He's the reason that we are Sigma Pi. And just getting to hear all of these this background information, I find that you know, very interesting. As we continue through this history of Sigma Pi, please join us for part two of the discussion on Robert George Patterson, available in two weeks on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you hit subscribe, and please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, I believe.